Welcome to Uncovering the Subconscious Podcast, where I will teach you how to manifest your dream life. My name is Dana, and join me as I travel the world, learning all about mindset and meeting new people that have a story to share. Hi friends, welcome to episode 24 of Uncovering the Subconscious. So glad to have you guys back listening to another episode. And today is a very exciting episode because I've got another special guest joining me today, um, Max Wilbus. So welcome to episode 24, Finding Your Identity with Max Wilbus. So this is super exciting. This whole conversation with Max today it is super eye-opening. It's super reflective and it is just really really great to hear so a bit of explanation i know max from a mutual friend so my friend ava who i met when i was studying abroad in utrecht i came back recently to visit her and i met max because we all went to a festival together so in today's episode we talk about max's journey and his how he's grown up and when he was adopted quite young we talk about identity and how he discovered his identity through his uh, belief system and through mindset work and even through travel so without further ado let's start the episode so hi max welcome to uncovering the subconscious podcast how are you feeling about being on the podcast um i'm feeling okay a bit excited, a little yeah, bit anxious. Yeah. I don't know, but I like talking, so. Perfect, perfect. Well, you'll get to do plenty of talking, so it's great for you. Perfect. So tell us a bit about yourself. Um, hi, my name is Max Wilbers. I'm adopted. I'm Kenyan and Dutch and grew up in Switzerland. Um, I've spent four years in Edinburgh as well um, for my master's in geography. Currently spent the last two years in the Netherlands, Utrecht. Uh, sorry, Utrecht, um, and I've just moved to Rotterdam to live with one of my best friends. I, I'm also working in sales now, um, which is very different from what I studied, which was geography and anthropology. So I was talking to someone and they were like, why is it when people go study, they always do something completely different to the studies, which uh, I think is just a thing these days. You just get a degree and then figure out where, where you end up. What you actually want to do. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. But I'm, I know I'm happy with my job. Um, it's sales. We work co- closely with R&D and I like engineering stuff, engineering projects. So that makes me happy at the end of the day. And that's what matters. So there's a few different things we're going to talk about today, but one of the things I thought we'd start with is your family life, because uh, as you mentioned, you were adopted. So can you tell us a bit about your early childhood? Um, yeah, sure, definitely. Um, I mean, from what I can remember since it's early childhood, but I think I had quite a quite a nice childhood. Um, got lovely parents. Um, for people out there, by the way, my, my mum is... Uh, Kenyan and black and my dad is Dutch and white um, which is I'm used to it but I remember like growing up sometimes people would be like is that your dad since we obviously do not look alike Um, quite standard question I feel like looking back I was like oh maybe I got asked that more than I thought yeah Um, even now sometimes people are a bit surprised but I try to always be open about my adoption and I tell people I'm adopted Um, doesn't mean that they know where my parents are from um, so it still can be not a bit of a surprise sometimes. People are like, oh, is that your dad? I'm like, yeah, that, that is my dad. <laughs> but um, no, I got two lovely parents. Uh, my dad is very, he likes doing the most for uh, his kids. So my sister is also adopted. Um, not biological sister. We're adopted separately. Um, but my dad likes doing a lot for us. He's always, he's actually currently 
um, cleaning my flat in uh, Utrecht. So uh, I've just moved to Rotterdam, and obviously you have to like clean your flat. I did a really, I think I did a good job. Um, but my dad also came to the Netherlands then to clean some more. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So like, he st- what was the parents for? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, but like, I feel like that's not something that every parent would do. Um, so no, that's absolutely. kind of the way he goes out of his way for me and for my sister as well. And then my mum is a bit more reserved. Um, maybe a bit more like me. She likes books a lot, which I probably get from her. Uh, a bit quieter. She paints and draws and writes. Um, and I also like writing. I can't paint. <laughs> but I, I do love my parents. Yeah. I also love my sister. She. I saw her last week, actually. She came to Amsterdam for Amsterdam dance events. Uh, so we went out together and met some of my friends. Um, I wouldn't say, like... I always say to people, tell people, she's not like my sister's my best friend or my mom's my best friend mm-hmm. my sister is very much my sister yeah but we do we do the stuff together and we could definitely hang out together go out with each other yeah. um and my mom is very much my mom i also tell her quite a lot well I'm get, i've gotten better at opening up about my life uh and like my feelings and things that are happening in my life towards my yeah. mom towards my dad um less so but that's just because he can be a bit not intense. Like I say, he likes going out of his way for things. So yeah. sometimes I just do not want... I just like being able to say something and not talk about it. And um, follow-up questions are... I don't like follow-up questions. It's just not <laughs> worth it in my point of view. Yeah. But, yeah, good. So very close then, like... And yeah. so it was from birth you adopted, or...? Yeah, well, I was 10 months old, so let's go from birth. Yeah. Because do you... I don't think anyone really remembers no. anything before... Well, I don't remember anything before seven, probably. Yeah, six. well, exactly. Who do you knows? know much about the first 10 months? No. Oh, well, so my so my parents were still living... No, I think my parents were... My adopted parents were then in Kenya, and they decided to adopt a child. Um, long process, and then they finally decided on me. Originally, my name was Gideon, and they've changed it to Max. Really? Yeah. And then throughout the adoption process, actually, my sister was born. So I'm born in August, and they started adopting me around June, I'm assuming, early summer. My sister is born 25th of June. Oh, wow. So I think during the adoption process, my sister was born. And then um, I think they applied to adopt a second child as well. So how uh, long after did your sister join your family? We got adopted at the same time. Oh, it's, so it's kind of like, do you ever feel like a bit like twins then? <laughs> no. Coming in at the same God, time? <laughs> God, no. No, I'm definitely... Well, no, we're definitely very different people. Yeah. Not twins. Um, <laughs> I'm older uh, on paper. Yeah. She probably acts a lot older than I, than myself. Yeah, I go to her for advice about life. Um, sometimes, she's yeah. the wisdom. <laughs> she's the she's the calming presence. Yes, um, reliable. And are you the chaos? Not chaos. Uh, <laughs> enjoying enjoying life. Okay, yeah, that's let's, the way to put it. I let's like let's that. put it let's put it that way. I, I like doing stuff and just seeing where I end up and uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, my sister's also same as well, but just very different yeah. people, end of the day. And so do you know much about your birth family or even your culture? Or So my birth mum, I think the way I remember it is that, or the way I got told it, is that I either got left on the steps of the orphanage or outside a hospital by my birth mum. So no one knows who she is. Wow. Um, can't find her back in that sense which is I feel 
it's kind of relieving in a sense because obviously growing up you're like adopted so I started wondering like okay where am I from where are my mm-hmm. biological parents from who are they and then uh, it very quickly stops at oh I can't find out who anything about them yeah um so in that sense it was relieving in the sense that you can't you, there's nothing to think about um, it's kind of like a closure like. yeah it's closure it's closure sense of finding the people back um, I still like think about who she could possibly be um and I actually, I like writing, so I, I, sh- I'll write, I want to write a bit more about that for myself. Yeah. Also verbal, incredible. yeah, verbal processing, um, written processing as well. And just put my thoughts on paper of what I think that relationship could be like if she ever came back to my life. But it's very much hypothetical speaking. Because, um, yeah, as I said, I can't find her back. Yeah. Um, but so my mom's Kenyan. We go to Kenya. We try to go. She goes to Kenya every year or covid not including she'd go every year um i've we usually go to family every three four years we're supposed to go in february for the first time in four years again again thanks to covid (laughs) yep basically but i'm really looking forward to that last time i was there was for a wedding uh, my mom's family and that was a lot of fun like a big kenyan wedding a lot of people were invited it was by lake naivasha it's a massive lake uh i think it's a wildlife wildlife reserve um, so we spent like two days there and it was, inc- I love Kenya. I love, I love going there. I love the culture. Yeah. I want to get more in touch with it. Definitely do a bit more. I still feel a bit, well, growing up in Europe, still feel a bit outside of that. Um, mm. And something that you have to work on yourself, plan more trips to Kenya, um, be more in touch with my, uh, with my cousins and my aunt and uncle and small things like that yeah i guess and, it's nice that you can still be in touch with that side no definitely and it's actually quite funny so i'm now in um the netherlands and my dad's so my dad's family they're all dutch my cousin who is my age and we get along really well he's spent the past year in well since february he's been in kenya uh, with my mum's family for a while as well. And apparently he goes there every other weekend to watch Formula One and just chill with my uh, aunt and cousin. And it's kind of funny. Um, I was We were talking about it um, with my aunt and uncle here in, in Rotterdam. And they're like, yeah, it's like you came to the Netherlands and then my cousin Short um, went to Nairobi and kind of like a swap Pretty thing. Switch. <laughs> uh, which is like a very easy, simple way of putting it. Yeah. But it's it's kind of true. And... Talking to him, he feels very much... He really likes being there. Um, he gets along with my cousin as well. I like being in the Netherlands. I always feel at home here. Um, so that's like a very kind of complete circle way of how our family goes to different places. Um, and it's nice like knowing that he's out there and in contact with like, yeah. my parents, with my mom's side of family. Exactly. Yeah. And so hopefully as well, he'll still be there in February. So when we go, um, I'll be able to see both my cousins in Kenya, which will be oh, fun. Oh, great. That'd be so good. So what's something, what's kind of advice you'd give to anyone kind of going through living as an adopted child? So I think, I'm, I think I've told you this before and I think I've mentioned it on my podcast before, my three younger sisters, they're all fostered. So they're all, they all have the same kind of, same kind of thing where um, one of my sisters, she doesn't know her father, like nobody knows who her father is. So she kind of has that part as well. So what would you offer anyone who's listening, who's kind of, in the same process or anyone in general like everyone's different and i'm pretty sure that my sister handles things definitely differently than i do mm-hmm. where she haven't talked about it ever 
Maybe that's something to do in the future. Who knows? Um, but I feel like well, my parents were always open about it. And I think... That helped a lot more. That helped a lot yeah. more. And off the top of my head, I started telling people I was adopted. Like, I, I knew from I was, when I was like seven or six. And I maybe told a couple of my friends when I was nine or ten. And then maybe like around 11, 12, I was just openly telling people that I was adopted. Um, even when I met you this summer, I probably said that quite yeah. early on. And I feel like that that helps me in any case, just not shying away from it. I'm, it's part of you. It's so, part of who yeah. I am. It's part of my identity. Um, these different sides of me. Yeah. yeah. And I I know I like being open about it. Doesn't mean that's not hard. Doesn't mean that sometimes I, like I said, I want to. I am writing about about it. I'm noting it down. I just want to write a book based on being adopted and what it'd be like to meet my hypothetical birth mom. Um, so there's still like a lot of things to work through there. Yeah. But I feel being open about it helps with that with that initial bit, and then obviously at some point, sometimes in life, you'll have more time to reflect. Um, maybe you'll be going through a harder phase and these thoughts come in the head of okay I wonder who my birth mom is why did mm. I get left behind etc but I feel like as long as you can be open about it and talk to people around you about it then it makes it easier or at least in yeah. my case it makes it easier uh, made it easier makes it easier and I'm happy about the way I go about it so yeah, to speak yeah I like that I remember my mom telling me she overheard my two uh, older younger sisters so they were four and nine at the time yeah. and they were playing with the babies in the room and the older one goes oh we're gonna go take them to see their tummy mummies <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's just part of them that's, like it's great that's funny. although i mean um do you watch sex education yes yeah do you know so um you know that one scene where the adopted guy with the two well not adopted he's got the two mums yes yeah um and he goes to the mom so he's black and he goes to the mom who's what's his name do you remember his name can't remember no okay he goes to his mom uh who's white they're in a massive argument and he's black and he goes you're not my you're not my real mom you shouldn't be able to parent me and i found that scene really powerful yeah because i actually said similar to my mom adopted mom then uh, when i was like 12 and really mad at her about probably something stupid yeah. and i think that's one of the only times i've actually seen her cry yeah. about something I've said um, and end of the day my adopted parents are my parents yeah. and I do love them and they've done so much for me I almost feel like it's probably an ins insecurity for the both of you and that's so when it's like a moment of no. argument it's like especially when you're younger yeah. and you're processing life and things exactly but also I don't know I also feel like at the end of the day my parents literally chose me Yeah, and that's something that I do not know how to repay or ever will be able to repay probably and i just kind of have to yeah i like it's, it's beautiful well. it's beautiful as well but just yeah. it's it's special it's do you know, people always say to my parents there's such good people to take in three like three more girls that aren't theirs and their reactions it's always we're we're like they're not lucky we're lucky like we're lucky that we get to have them i guess you can see both ways yeah and but yeah, I think that's a bit about my family life, and yeah, it's I like I like my family at the end of the day, but all the sides of it. So, how do you feel about how your identity has formed over the years? Um, so being adopted is a big part of my identity, and then I also feel my schooling. Um, so grew up in 
Geneva, Switzerland. Um, and I went to an international school. So there were a lot of expats there. A lot of, yeah, a lot of kids from different cultures, different places in the world. Um, I think also normally in those types of schools, you get a lot of like interchange where people come for three or four years and then leave because diplomats keep coming and going. I got really lucky. I think actually our school year is quite lucky, my school year. And since then, most of us stayed together from for a good 10, 11, 12 years. So I just went to school with a lot of the same people. Um, obviously, growing up in different friend groups, but as time went on, you kind of become friends with different people, different groups start getting mm-hmm. together, uh, start like intertwining and whatnot. And so that was really nice. Um, and if you compare that to like my sister's year, she had a lot of people coming and going and had a period of time where she kept changing friend groups because mm-hmm. people kept leaving. Um, but I feel like having that settled friend group, settled people around me made me really appreciate com- people from different cultures. Um, quite a unique experience, uh, in all honesty. I feel growing up in international school, all different cultures, different people, different beliefs as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, it makes it quite... I know I felt I was quite open to like, open to learning about different people yeah. open to seeing how people think as well I guess that's like your prime like schooling is when you learn your belief it learned like you teach your system and so hearing all these different cultures and beliefs exactly and like so you're people who were Muslim people who were Christian people who didn't believe in anything um, and everything everything in between and and meant for quite a unique experience which I um, really liked and I feel like that's also why I kind of ended up being very interested in studying geography and anthropology because I like people, I like cultures, mm. I like learning about people and cultures and whatnot. Um, and I think schooling was definitely part of that. And I, that openness is something that I've kept in my life. I like meeting different people, seeing what actually, what is it that makes them take, what, make, what is it that makes you who you are? Is it where you grew up? Is it your background? Is it your culture? Is it your national identity? Is it like a mix of all these things? Is it, for example, in your case, you like traveling and that probably impacts your life as well. Um, all the different people sure. you meet along the way. And that H- whole... Hence the podcast. Hence the, <laughs> hence the podcast, exactly. I feel like all these different people are, I don't know, it's just, they end up shaping me and like just keep, keep me open to like meeting new people, which yeah. I really, uh, which I really like. And I feel like I've got a very good relationship with my friends. Um, I'm quite... I'm quite loyal. I'd say I'm loyal. Yeah. Yeah. I've got friends, like my best friend I've known for, God knows, 12 years. Um, something long like that. It's a long time. <laughs> um, he's pro- It's gone to the point where I, so I like talking. Um, I also kind of talk without thinking. Um, my mom uh, says that I like hearing the sound of my own voice. Uh, the sound of my own voice. So yeah, I don't know how true that is. But, um, Nothing wrong with it. No, I like it. <laughs> But so my friend, uh, one of my best friends, he was like, is gone to the point where I'll start saying something probably stupid. And he just kind of looks at me and is like, Max, no. I'm like, <laughs> and I kind of just look at him like, okay, fair enough. I, I'll just, I'll be quiet then. He's like, <laughs> he calls you out. He's, um, what is it? And like Lizzie McGuire, her little alter ego or whatever that sits on her shoulder yeah, and pulls like, her out for uh, things. <laughs> like all, like, all my good friends are like, like, I've got a couple of friends I've known for like five, seven, eight, nine, ten years and stuff like yeah. that. And they <laughs> call me out quite a lot. But um, I don't know, I feel like in terms of identity, that's really helped me feel, I don't know, I feel like 
I told you right now about this term third culture kid, mm-hmm. um, which you hadn't heard of before. No, I hadn't. So did you want to explain it in case? I forgot what the definition is, but um, I will give it a shot. Uh, basically, it's for people who grow up, grow up or live in places that are not associated with their nationality in very simple terms. Um, probably get a better definition online. But in I my feel ca- like that was pretty straight to what straight, we Googled yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> no, pretty close to what we Googled. But no, I feel it's like... So yeah, I grew up... I'm Kenyan, Dutch. I grew up in Switzerland, spent four years in Scotland, now living in the Netherlands, met people from different cultures. I don't really feel attached necessarily to one place. Mm-hmm. I just like being in different places, being different people. And I feel quite... I feel quite happy being in different locations. And it's this idea of being... I feel in my head, it's this idea of being unbonded to a specific place. Mm-hmm. I do have a love, love for Geneva. And whenever I go back, it's really nice. But all my friends are gone, so I don't necessarily like being there that much. I do get that. I feel the same way sometimes. It's kind yep. of a love for the people rather than... like You love the place, but it's like it's the people that really... Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely people that, it's people that make a place, yeah. I feel. It's the friends that you make, the people who are living there. Um, which is also why I quite like visiting friends in different countries. I'm right now I'm in London from the <laughs> Netherlands. Normally come to London once a year at least. I'm also going to Edinburgh. I have to go see a few friends up there. Um, soon, me and one of my friends, he's living in Belgium now. We're planning start. We're planning to start going on like trips once a month in the Benelux region. So from Netherlands, Belgium, and Luxembourg, it's quite easy to travel between the three. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like like long weekends away short trips and whatnot yeah um and having friends in different places especially like now high school's finished everyone's different places yeah it makes traveling easier because there's always someone somewhere to always someone you can see <laughs> yeah also you can see always a bed you can crash at which yeah, is exactly. also very important but no that kind of unboundedness to places something that i think is very important to me and part important part of my identity yeah. like i currently Currently, I feel quite settled in the Netherlands, and I've always said that I I do love the Netherlands. I feel it's quite a it's a beautiful place. Beautiful yeah. place. I like the people, and I feel it's quite open. Um, my Dutch friends, some of them disagree with me. A lot of them disagree with me, but I feel as a someone. Yeah, I feel like the Netherlands have always been very ahead <clears throat> ahead with a lot of issues and a lot of like political issues. Like. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so the couple of Dutch friends we have in common, if mm. you talk to them, they wouldn't, they may say something different that's actually not as good as you think. Yeah. Uh, but talking to international people, they seem quite happy there. And like I said, it feels like quite ahead. So I think it's a very, contra- there's a massive contrast in that. Yeah. But I'm having a good time. And <laughs> I've always said I feel quite at home there. But also it would not surprise me that if in two, three years, someone, I was living in London, for example, or if I moved yeah. somewhere else, I'll, I will happily move if the circumstances are right. Because um, you're a culture kid. You're a culture kid. <laughs> living the life, living the dream. So talking about like the international schooling, your culture kid, being a culture kid, what is actually your belief system? Like what, what has come from forming your identity and the schooling and... So growing up, um, my parents would take me to church every Sunday, Lutheran, Lutheran Catholic. Um, I started doing communion and I tried very hard to get out of it as quickly as possible. (laughs) Um, Luckily enough, I had football on Sundays, so that was a very easy excuse. Um, Can't go to church, sorry, I got football. Yeah, hey, come on. It's a a good valid excuse, I would say. but so that started off. I would say I'm more agnostic. I mean, if there's proof, if there's proof of something, I will definitely believe at some point. 
Mm-hmm. I, I like You're proof. Open to it. Yeah. I'm open. I'm open to most things. Um, but also, I remember there was a time I was reading a bit about Taoism and things like that. So kind of Buddhism, Taoism, oh, yeah. more connecting to things around you, people around you. Um, and I, th- I also quite like reading. So growing up in church, I would sit in the back and read. Um, I've read like the children's version of the Bible. Uh, and I quite like, I quite like the stories in them because I feel religion is a very nice starting point to learn about moral morality mm-hmm. and right and wrong and different versions of right and wrong or in how we should act in other ways. But I feel there's a lot of good and insightful information uh, within those stories. Um, and actually, funnily enough, one of my current friends, um, she's learning um, Arabic and she wants to read the Quran. And we were talking, I was actually talking to her about the fact that I also want to read the Quran, so the Muslim religious text, um, because I'm interested to, see, to hear, to read what kind of stories are in that book and their views about morality and culture. Um, I think at the end of the day, I maybe one day would want to read the Torah, so the Jewish book. Jewish book. Um, yeah, because I just like I like this. I just like reading these stories and seeing why. But going back to the idea of that, why, how people think, how people position themselves, position themselves in life, and religion is a massive aspect um, of that. At the end of the day, but I wouldn't say I'm believing. I'm just kind of more searching for clarity and uh, good positive yeah. messages in life and how to be at the end of the day it's all about how to be a good person exactly in my head and all of these religions i mean in the way i see it is that religion is a very good guideline of what it means to be a good person good neighbor good friend etc so it's kind of like finding your own way to be a good person, like your own belief system. Exactly. To be a good person. Yeah. No. And I feel like the more I can read about different cultures and religions and whatnot, I can uh, form my own version of that and be the best version possible, hopefully. <laughs> we're getting we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, but then also recently um, been doing a bit more so I was saying I like I like Buddhism. I like, I like the idea of that that peacefulness. Um, also, well, actually growing up, I was in anger management for a while, um, and I went to like therapy for a bit for that. Mm-hmm. And after that, I calmed down quite a bit. I would say I'm quite a calm person. I don't like arguing, um, don't necessarily like confrontation. If I have to have it, I will, but I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. And I feel anger management kind of helped me clear my head in that sense, which is why I like this idea, the idea of Buddhism and that peacefulness mindfulness i also really uh, rate yeah um meditation i can't do can't do the meditation. i can't do meditation. but you can always do this is the, my biggest thing meditation does not have to be sitting still listening to music meditation can come in so many different forms like that's painting my... or reading or like anything yeah but that's why i prefer mindfulness more yeah. because it's more like let the thoughts flow and yeah. let's see where your thoughts lead see you to so let's see where they go and meditation is empty air, empty everything yeah and i'm just like nah i'm good we don't need to be doing that i like my thoughts although i would love to be in a sensory deprivation chamber for a while yeah that, oh, seems, that would be interesting yeah, I think. that'd be cool but sorry different uh tangent um <laughs> no but yeah, i really like 
I like mindfulness. Um, I try to practice it. I went through a period of practicing it less, and I felt that then also mentally it was a bit harder for me. And I kind of need that reflection in my life, self-reflection, reflection about things happening around me, and it helps keeps me grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, my aunt um, believes in like home remedies quite a lot, and she makes her home own home remedies. And she gave me a absinthe crystal, like a circular one. Um, purple is also my favorite color, um, and yeah, it's like a dark purple. I I love it. I currently have it next to my bed, and I like holding it, just the yeah. weight of it. And she, so I was in Kenya once, and we were talking, and she's like, "I feel that you need some grounding sometimes, and that sometimes you can be a bit too much up in the clouds, up in." somewhere in your head mm-hmm. and it's take this um it's an am- it's an amethyst it helps you it helps keep you grounded yeah i don't necessarily believe in any of that but i do like it and i do like holding it and just kind of bring my feet back yeah. down to earth having that connection yeah. yeah um so like that is something i've tried well not tried it's like i've been reading not reading about i've people around me believe in it and i found it really interesting um don't necessarily mass believer in that i would say and then also recently, tarot readings. Um, yes, good old tarot readings. Don't believe in them either. Actually, don't, <laughs> but you had one anyway. I, yeah, I got, I got a tarot reading done uh, recently. Um, which, actually, so my tarot reading was, the past was the five of uh, knights, or five swords. Yeah. The middle was the emperor. Um, and then the past, so like the middle, present was the emperor. And then the future was the lovers. It's good. It's good future card to it's, have. It's like. good future card to have. I'm. It's a, it's a good card. And like the overall reading as well was under the King of Pentacles. Uh, so quickly, those the meanings for those were the past five of uh, swords means that you came from a battle where you're both losers. Uh, and basically, I recently, well, my ex broke up with me uh, recently. Um, and then the emperor is about stability and kind of like, yeah, stability, wealth, clarity. And I'm trying, currently trying to find stability in my life again mm-hmm. after a lot of changes in my life, moving, working on my ex, things like that. And then the future, uh, the lovers is about, so the finding love, but also interesting enough, I was also reading a book uh, called, um, friendship and love yeah um talking about how friendship is a form of love for sure uh, yeah. it definitely is um, you can have all different kind of soul connections like exactly. i know i have a lot of soul connections that are not like love related like romance related no like, definitely yeah and i feel like so kind of i don't necessarily believe in tarot cards but it did kind of very much fit with how my mindset and where i was going mm-hmm. and what i was looking for in my life at that time and what i'm looking for now to kind of these deep meaningful connections yeah and also very surprisingly i met a couple of friends recently who are actually have become really good friends in a really short period of time um hence the lovers so it's <laughs> it's a bit funny how even if you don't believe in such things they kind of do manifest themselves yeah. in your life uh, manifestation is i like manifestation yeah uh, <laughs> the idea the more you believe in something that it may actually happen um, yeah the energy you put out. The energy you put out. I try and be positive. I'm, I'd am i say I'm quite... I think you're a very positive person. I think I'm... I, funny story. In the two times we've met. In the two times we've met. Actually, funny story. I've actually had a lot of 
positive energy recently. I like it was been too high, like too much. <laughs> I was a couple two weeks ago, for like a whole week, I was getting happier and happier and happier. <laughs> and then my um, so my flatmate's uh, grandmother died. And as he messaged me, and I came inside, I was still really happy at this point. <laughs> so, Just not about that. <laughs> I was like, no, I mean, I kind of came into his room. I was like, I was like, hey, um, I'm gonna give you a hug. And he didn't want to get out of bed, so he kind of just got on the bed, and gave him a hug. Yeah. And he looked at me, he's like, are you still very happy? I'm like, I'm even happier today than I was yesterday. <laughs> so very different kind of levels. Yeah. But um, I feel like that's definitely something. But it, I think that's powerful as well because like it's can be very hard when you let the energy of other people take away your happiness. Like, no. And like, cause of course he's going to be upset. No one thinks any bad about him about being upset or having like down energy, but it is hard if we surround ourselves with people and they've got lower energies and we let that take away our higher energies. No, definitely. And that's something that I actually, I mean, it's definitely something I've been working on for myself. Um, it was a bit, um, still take antidepressants and that's a big part of who I am now as well. Mm -hmm. um started taking them in when i was in scotland for four years um yeah thing moving away for the first time being by yourself love going out partying fun times it can be a lot um and just a bit yeah i just got a bit much and that's became depressed probably didn't necessarily always have the right people around me um, some of my friends would say definitely have the right people around me (laughs) (laughs) even my sister says that and which didn't really help and finally managed to get got away from not bad the best influences. not bad not bad influence just not the right right for you not the right not right for me not yeah. right people for me let's put it that way very nice people just not for me mm-hmm. which is fair enough um and then i actually learned a lot the past two years from my ex she was really i'd say one of the biggest positive influences in my life mm-hmm. helped me rediscover that kind of like positive energy which is which i think is very which i very much have yeah and yeah it's it was nice but along the way i, I hurt her <laughs> just just because i probably i was still wasn't ready i was still dealing with things from um, mm-hmm. from back in edinburgh and i thought i was ready to move on apparently i wasn't um, and she got hurt in the process so we're not speaking yeah. um, but I think I'm finally on the good path again and it still feels I still feel really bad that I hurt her on the way but yeah. I wasn't I thought I was ready I wasn't um, but so I think it, it's I, just important though to, that you acknowledge it you admit it it's not like trying to play the blame game when no. it was like all her fault or yeah no definitely and I definitely I think back I'm like I, there's a lot of things that I need to still figure out for myself or yeah. hope, I think I'm a lot closer now than I was before and uh, yeah stopping talking to people is also, also a good thing it's nice to like take a step back and be like are you right for me and make sure that you have the right people around you yeah but absolutely also <laughs> um, so like after we broke up um, we was going to a festival so I went to buy festival clothing and I came across this massive um, well I came across this H&M hoodie yeah. with a massive smiley on it it's pink and white and it says positive state of mind and that's been my motto for the summer (laughs) it's just like i just try and keep moving forward keep staying positive and even when life gets hard because it does uh, with depression i also have some days where it's just a bit hard to do things and whatnot can be a bit stuck in my head 
which is completely fine as well. I just try and keep moving forward, keep reflecting and be like, are you moving the way you want? Are you where you want to? Are you going towards the person you want to be? And um, I actually also kind of like the idea of self-actualization. Yeah. Which uh, for those of you out there who watch uh, Lucifer, Gotta great TV Lucifer. series. Yeah, it's great. It's I mean, the first four seasons great. The last season. Let's not talk about the last season. Yeah, we don't talk about the last season. But um, in it, so in it briefly, they say angel. So he, Lucifer is what Lucifer. Yeah. But in it, they say angels don't don't develop. They don't like. They don't progress. Don't change. I don't know exactly yeah. what they're talking about. They say angels self actualize. And that's something that I started reading into a bit more. And this idea that you go through like all Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you self-actualize into the person you want to be. Mm -hmm. But then I also feel it's important not to stop there. Because right now, I want to be... So right now, I'm looking for stability. I'll be happy. And I'm kind of... I'm getting there. I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm happy with where it's going. But I feel once that journey is done, then you should start reflecting again on where do you want to go to next yeah so self-actualization for me is more of a process of reflection yeah um and that's incredible it's a great way great way of looking at it and even how you just spoke uh, like a few minutes ago how it's like that change but it's also that recognition that like it can like depression it can still be there and it's not about ignoring it it's about learning to live with it and learning like how you yourself can work through it Hence mindfulness yeah. and not meditation. <laughs> see for, you, where, yeah. for me, for me, it's like let's see where all my thoughts take me and let's yeah. see where they come out. Try and come out positively. Yeah. Actually, a funny story. I wrote on, on my on my work with a massive whiteboard, and uh, I wrote on it positive state of mind. <laughs> and two days later, like after quite a long day, my man, my manager walked by. And he was like, who the fuck wrote positive state of mind? <laughs> He's and like, I, not today. <laughs> I was standing in the background like, I, that's, me. A, that's me. That's me. <laughs> okay, so as you've stated, you've lived in quite a few different places. Um, and you've said how that has shaped you as well. Um, so do you feel like travel as a whole, like any travel has had a big effect on who you are? So this is an ongoing conversation between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you mean by travel? Because I was, I wanted to argue that I like going to places for festivals. Does that count as travel? I've lived in different countries. Is that traveling? Day trips, weekend That's trips? That's the thing. Like, I think living in different countries for sure traveling, especially traveling around. You can travel around your country. Well, I'd sell. Like, my whole business is about the sole traveler. Yeah. And so travel can even be whenever you're experiencing those emotions of travel. So whether it's hardship, whether it's like being spontaneous whether it's anything so it's something something that kind of makes sure make makes you feel like you're pushing yourself and you're doing something and you feel connected to other people that's what i would say travel is so soul traveling not necessarily physically but also just spiritually yeah, yeah. to say like your soul is traveling both, your soul yeah. is moving you're growing yeah yeah so well, if you feel that at festivals then sure <laughs> <laughs> no i just like yeah i just like I, I like I've known people of different places. Uh, I like being with different people, so I like I definitely like exploring, seeing what's out there, mm-hmm. um, which is why I mentioned before going to different exploring Bella Lux with all my friends. I'm actually really looking forward to going once a month for like a, even if it's like a just leave Saturday morning, spend Saturday night somewhere, come back yeah. Sunday, like even small things like that. I'm really looking forward to doing again, sure. um, and. There's actually quite like there's a lot of things to discover, even if you're not traveling plane rides to 
um, I don't know, Africa, Asia, across the other South, side of South America, anywhere. Like... You can, yeah, you can just stay in Europe. You can even stay in your own country. Yeah. Uh, during COVID, I've discovered the Netherlands quite a bit. I went to different cities there, um, which I've never actually really done before. Well, there's definitely, even like within the same country, you can have so many different cultures. Even in Australia, like by state, we have so many different ways of pronouncing things. <laughs> yeah. I've heard a lot about Tanzania, uh, Tasmania. Oh, yeah. Good old, good old Tassie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like, I don't know, I guess traveling is something I do find important. Um, I actually got a few next year with my god um, mother. I want to go. I, I also like traveling and doing something whilst I travel. Mm-hmm. So on my list for next year is I want to go whitewater rafting in Finland. Or yeah. Okay, let's say Scandinavia. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just canoeing, kayak, something with a kayak or boat in Scandinavia with my godmother. And that for me is, I'm looking forward to that trip. I need yeah. to start planning that trip. Um, but yeah, no, I do, I, yeah, do like traveling. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so the question is, what has had a big effect on you with travel? Oh. So kind of like, with like the next question, what like what about travel do you feel connected to? Like, what is it that draws you into travel? I feel the idea of getting away from where you are. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, the reason why I'm in London this weekend, um, not only because I got invited to a birthday, <laughs> um, but also it's like with moving and stuff, I just needed a break from the Netherlands. Actually, let's put it that way. I just like going for breaks from wherever I am and being able to go away to somewhere else, either with friends, or more usually with friends. We'll probably start going alone at some point. Uh, and just going somewhere else, seeing something new, doing something different, and not being somewhere that you're used to. Um, that really draws yeah. draws me. I mean, London I come to quite often, but even that, it's still, it's still it's a break because yeah, yeah. I don't live here. So it's not like I've got a solid routine here. I literally come here and I do stuff and then I leave. I think it's completely different like being a tourist and versus living like um like you can have you can still have those travel experiences but for example when I came to London when I was traveling don't know if I should admit this but um I didn't like it. <laughs> I actually didn't really? like London, yeah. Whereas I actually really like living here. I mean there's still hardships, there's hard parts. I wouldn't live here forever. I don't but... I don't like living here. I yeah. I've come here every now and then. I like being in London to visit. I could not live here. I spent three, four months here, um, part of my master's here. Mm-hmm. That was fine. I could not live here for more than like a year, six months a year. It's yeah. just not for me. Um, yeah. But like, I, I like this. Yeah. For me, traveling is very much about taking a break from wherever I'm at and like seeing something different, experiencing something new and different. Yeah. Um, went to Lisbon recently and that was, I love Lisbon. Lisbon is actually a beautiful city. Really yeah. nice people. Tried surfing. Now also like tried surfing Lisbon, and now I want to start surfing in the Netherlands. A lot colder, <laughs> but like just come this experiences that you go. You can take home with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you start developing your home. Mindset too. It's like no. the things that you experience that you may not be able to do at home that you can take home with you. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's a nice way of putting it. I like that. <laughs> I like that. But also, if you also, it's also like the people you meet along the way yes, when you're traveling. For sure. Um, which I get. It's like a festival. I actually ran into a guy who lives in Birmingham. Yeah. I was supposed to message him and meet up, but it's got a bit of too much of a hectic weekend. But I met him at a festival um, during summer, and now we're just like good friends. Let's say we're good friends. 
Um, so like he, I saw him a couple of weeks ago in the Netherlands when he came visit his girlfriend, and he said he'd be back in a few weeks, so I'll probably see him again then. Yeah. And so there, you're traveling, you're doing different things, and you meet people along the way who then become your friends, and then you can go see them in different places again. Yeah, for sure. And then you got a new location to go to. Exactly. And you got a new place to see, new people to meet, different like cities, different towns, and. Honestly, it's quite a wonderful experience. Yeah, and that's I'm, the thing. It was like me living in Utrecht was the reason I met Ava and then now the reason I met you too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think everyone should meet me. Quite a good person. Okay, <laughs> little shout out to yourself there. <laughs> shout out to myself. Um, no, but yeah, that's it. And I'm, I'm happy now that... I think also having a job again, having a job now means I can finally travel more. Yeah. And I'm looking forward, like I said, I'm really looking forward to like taking weekends away. And also even with my flatmate, we want to do a trip to... I think we want to go to Germany for a weekend. Yeah. Something like that. But like, yeah, just the idea that you can go out and... And you can do it. Do it. That's what's powerful about Europe, isn't it? <laughs> That's great. I love Europe. So that brings us to the end of the episode. So thank you so much, Max, for coming on. Hope this does inspire you to start your own as well. Yeah, it will. So did you want to drop your Instagram handle or any handle so anyone listening can find you? Um, my Instagram handle is Max Mwenda. Um, we'll be I'll, I'll put it um, underneath yeah. as well so <laughs> wanna, yeah I don't post actually yeah it's fine but also we'll be starting a uh, travel um, Instagram post nice. whenever I start traveling with that friend of mine um, that'll be fun it'll be Nico Max's adventure or something basic something like, along those some, lines something put basic it on your profile like and then something they'll be able to find very you. basic and unimaginative because I just can't about to think <laughs> so or we can do it or actually we may have a few drinks come up with a name then that's how, that's the best way to come up with names, I think. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, so part of the podcast, the way we like to end is with you sharing us with us your most interesting or funny or anything travel story. Yeah, um, so we've been through this. Um, apparently, I'm not allowed to tell all the stories I want to say <laughs> for reasons. Um, for reasons, a lot of reasons. But um, I decided to settle on like a... Well, so this one time I was with my dad... And we went to Austria. Um, he had like a long weekend away, like a reunion with university friends of his. Um, and the kids were allowed, some of the kids were allowed to go along. So I got to go along. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, shit, that's why I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to go along anymore. <laughs> but that, it was really like a nice day. And um, we ended up, so we, we had like a really long day. I was probably like 12. And after spending 12 hours out, I was just a bit dead. Um, so my dad was sharing a hotel room. He was like, okay, um, here's the key. Go to the hotel and uh, we're going to go out for a few drinks after dinner. What was after dinner? We'll go for a few drinks and then uh, just let me in. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. So I go back to the hotel and uh, I fall asleep. So for people out there, I can be quite a heavy sleeper. So around four o'clock in the morning, uh, I wake up. And I check my phone and I see 10 missed calls from my dad. And I'm like, what? What is going on here? So I um, I call him back and I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He's like, oh, Max? I'm like, yeah, are you in the room? I'm like, yes, where else would I be? Um, and he said, well, I've been trying to get in for the past four hours. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So where was he? And he was banging on the door. But where was he when you rang him? Was he still outside? No, he was outside the hotel. He was outside the bedroom door. Oh god, I hope it wasn't times. cold outside. Or, ah, that, like, or he, was it at least indoors? I have no idea. He got the manager of the hostel or hotel to try and open the door, 
but I had left the key in the lock, so the door couldn't <laughs> open either. Um, they were banging on the door. And they apparently, apparently, I thought you were dead. I don't know, but like apparently they got complaints from well, people in the court. It was like two o'clock in the morning or like three o'clock in the morning. They got complaints from people sitting next to me because they were banging on the door trying to wake oh. me up. <laughs> and then they were just like, and then just me like completely oblivious in bed asleep. Wakes up at like four or five o'clock, calls my dad back. The manager had put him in the, there was an empty room, like down oh, the hall or something. God. So I just called my dad and he's like, yeah, what's what's going on? He's like, you're awake? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sleeping across the hallway because I couldn't come in. I was like, why not? Like, you didn't wake up. I'm like, oh. Maybe you need to do this more often. You both got your own bedroom. Like. I mean, definitely now. Come on, like, this was 12. Save, save money. But like now, not definitely sleep by myself. Um, but yeah, that was... Yeah, that's good. I think that's a good story. <laughs> that's a good one. Your dad might not agree. Oh, definitely not. I, I love it, to be fair. <laughs> okay, did you want to leave us with any last quote or sentence? Yeah, um, I feel, I think I will leave you guys with something. So I believe in the positive state of mind, staying positive. And during that week where I had a lot of positive energy, um, I had a couple i had like a day where i sent this quote to all my friends and i got various reactions from max shut up to you're too happy this is not good <laughs> um and to people just ignoring me but that quote was um a positive state of mind is not merely good for you it benefits everyone of whom you come into contact literally changing the world dalai lama 14 and let's give the very last exiting sentence it's me Hi, I'm the problem, it's me.